Are you ready to awaken your senses and make a difference with every sip? Introducing Dare for More Coffee, a truly remarkable brew that will satisfy your cravings and empower women in Guatemala. From the beautiful highlands of Guatemala, our coffee is carefully grown, harvested, roasted, and shipped directly to your doorstep, all by incredible women. The heart and soul of Dare for More Coffee. But it doesn't stop there. Every bag of Dare for More Coffee supports a vital cause. With each purchase, you join us in the fight against human trafficking, helping to rescue and provide a new life for women in need. It's more than just a cup of coffee. It's a symbol of hope and opportunity. By choosing Dare for More Coffee, you're making a tangible difference in the lives of these courageous women. And the taste? Oh, it's exquisite. From the first sip to the last, our hand-selected beans offer a rich, smooth flavor that will invigorate your mornings and delight your taste buds. So dare to be different. Dare to embrace the power of women. Dare to make a lasting impact. Choose Dare for More Coffee today and experience the joy of sipping a coffee that fuels change. Dare for More Coffee. Empowering women, one cup at a time. Get your bag today at dareformore.org. That's dareformore.org. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reba. Welcome to Rooted Deep. Uh, We're excited to continue our conversation on women who have impacted history in really significant ways. And we've talked about a lot of those, Allison, uh, and they've been, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed this, this series. Yeah. And again, I'm continually inspired by these women and learning the details that we didn't already know. Mm. We've talked about this before where we know kind of the big end of their life, what the big stuff happened, but some of their beginnings have been really interesting to go back and look at. And there's kind of a few threads that that are very common to a few, you know, to several of them. And so I'm really excited about the one that we're going to talk about today. I learned a lot about her. Yeah. You know, and I think humble beginnings. Are significant. You know, all of us probably would love to come out of the gate with a bang, but that's just not yeah. the way it happens for 99% of, of us. And so we have these these small beginnings, these small things. I know in our ministries, both of our ministries, very small, humble beginnings, just trying yeah. to get started and thinking, is, is it ever going to go? Is it ever going to go? And thinking, man, I don't know if it will. And God continues to speak into and work through. And I think that's what we see, you know, in these people's lives. And I also think it's just a great reminder for us because maybe somebody's sitting today, like you and I get sometimes thinking, what in the world are we doing? And you know, mm. this is, does anybody know I exist? And right. does anybody yeah. know that these needs are here? And is anybody care about this? Like I care about it right. and just pushing in and pushing on and watching God do what God wants to do in those, in those situations. It's an enc- really an encouragement as we look back at their lives and not just look at the big the big firework moments of their life, you know, the ESPN 30 second reels of their life. Instead of looking at those going back and going, no, wait a minute, let's dive deeper a little bit here. And let's, let's see see how they started. Yeah. And I think there were several of them that we've talked about. And the one that we talked about today, that even where they were, and we talked about this a little bit with the fruit versus the root that we've talked about in other podcasts, 
This one is, again, somebody who saw a need just next door or just around the block from her and mm -hmm. began a small thing. And we're talking to nobody's asking you to do huge things. God is asking you to be faithful in the little things, you know, yeah. faithful in your Sunday school class or faithful in teaching or faithful in that discipleship, that D group or that small group yeah. that you're in, because that that's what makes the difference. And that's what continues to move forward. And the same is the same is true about the woman that we're going to be speaking about today. Absolutely. And, and her name is Amy Carmichael, Amy mm -hmm. Carmichael. And Amy Carmichael is has an endearing place in women's hearts who do what Allison and I do on the mission side of things yeah. because of her efforts. And yeah. in many ways, she was a pioneer and was a she did hard things. I mean, yeah. goodness gracious, mm -hmm. did she ever do hard things. She was born December the 16th, 1867 in Northern Ireland. Yeah. So this girl is an Irish girl and she grows up with a strong Christian family and she has a good community. And everything I read about her, Allison, her father in particular had a massive influence on her life because he had this deep passion for sharing the gospel. And so he instilled in Amy a sense of duty to serve God and to care for other people and to share the gospel with people, right. which uh, really impacted her life tremendously. Yeah. And so early on, she did. She started a little Sunday, kind of a Sunday class for some girls in, in her neighborhood and, and around. And that grew. And the girls that she was reaching were were mill girls they were young girls that were working in the mills and it's, it was a marginalized group it was a group of you know very poor and mm -hmm. also all very like I said marginalized they didn't have a chance to go to school because they were at the mill and so she continued to grow this just where she was mm -hmm. and and her father instilled in her that that love for just reaching out and and touching somebody else with you know with scripture and with the word of God and she had that and so I think that was the beginning of her ministry of seeing not just not and again as a woman in that day and age looking around seeing okay there's girls that are even less advantaged than I am yeah let me go reach out to them and and they're in a they're in a tough spot and that grew to hundreds even yeah. even in her area of Belfast and I thought that was interesting about her life because we're always looking for these giant moments of ministry. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you just need to sit down um, at a bench with somebody and just, and, and just kind of pour into them uh, mm. where you are. Yeah. And, and I think that's so true. So we see her really active in her own community. Mm -hmm. um, but her dad had another impactful influence in her life. And that was, he was an avid reader. And mm. so he would read to his family, these missionary biographies. And he wow. would tell them the kids the stories, and he really ignited his children's passion for missions as they were growing up in his home. And so, according to her own story, she trusted Christ at 13. So here's this 13-year-old just coming into her teenage years, and she dedicates her life to Christ, surrenders her life to Christ, and she said that during a prayer meeting, she experienced a really specific burden for the people of India. Mm. And so here she is, an, an Irish girl, and she's doing these things in Ireland and making a, a, an impact in her own community. But she's in this prayer meeting, and all of a sudden she gets this real burden uh, during this time for India. And she said the Holy Spirit impressed upon her heart the desperate need for the gospel in that land. 
And she began to pray fervently for India and its people. And I just, I can't tell you this has happened in my own life, even with, with you guys in the Dominican. I'll, I'll never forget leaving there in 2012 and saying, I'm going to pray fervently. And I did. And through those fervent prayers, God used those things to shape what would be the future of what we would do as Dare for More Ministries. Mm-hmm. And here's, you know, Amy Carmichael, and she gets this burden for this place, and she goes to start praying for this place and, and asking God to do something here. And now God begins to open doors for her to actually go to India. So by the time we get to, she's 27 years old now in 1895, and she leaves Ireland and embarks on a missionary journey to the southern region of uh, Tamil Nadu in India. And that is where she spends a lot of her life. Uh, Over 50 years was spent in India as a missionary. And we talked about Lottie Moon last week in 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 an earlier podcast about how important it is to blend in as much as you can. And how important it is to learn the language and how important it is to do as much as you can to break down those barriers as a foreigner or as a Western, you know, coming from a Western culture into an Eastern culture, especially India. And so we, we talked about that. And Amy Carmichael is the same thing. I remember hearing Mm -hmm. this story as a child um, and being a brown eyed child specifically. And uh, I don't know if you remember the story that Amy Carmichael used to pray for blue eyes. That's right. I've forgotten all about that story. Yeah. She prayed, yeah. she wanted blue eyes so badly. Oh, and then, but because God did not give her those blue eyes, but gave her brown eyes, she was able to fit in. Right. Is that, is, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. That's exactly right. And so if she, if God had given her blue eyes, she used to bemoan the fact that she didn't have blue eyes, you know, especially growing up in Ireland and, you know, blue eyes is the thing, except for God gave her brown eyes. God gave me brown eyes. You have what you, you have blue eyes. Oh um, no, they're kind of green. Kind of I have kind of a yeah. hazily, yeah, I kind of have yeah. a hazel green eyes, something like that. Well, there's there's other things about you that I'll cause you to stick out. I think it's your height, your blondness. You're tall, mm-hmm. you're blonde. You've got you've got hazel eyes. So you would it would be it would be tough to have you blend in, you know. And we've tried before as you're walking up and down the streets of, yes. of San Pedro. <laughs> yes, <laughs> when I'll you're never... five foot two like me, you right. just you know put a hat on. Yeah, yeah. One of the funniest stories Allison and I ever had was in a Gary, Gary, her husband convinced Allison to take me out on the streets as on street ministry. And Allison just was adamantly refusing. And Gary was like, why won't you take her out? And she's like, look, there's no way I can hide her. She is tall. She's got blonde hair. She's not exactly petite. What I mean, she's going to stick out like a neon sign walking down the street in the, in the, and I did. And I'll never yeah. forget. In fact, I was just telling somebody this story the other day. I'll never forget. You looked at me. You're like, look, just don't say a word and try to blend in. Blend in. Yeah. Just stand behind me, you know, do something. Yes. And that's the thing, you know, and, and I think Amy Carmichael, and because of where she mm. ministered and because yep. of what she needed to do, she did have to blend in. And so she would, she would take, you know, coffee and rub it on her skin to make it a little bit darker. And, you know, put, put wear the clothes that she needed to wear just so she wouldn't stand out. And those blue eyes would have, would have popped right back out there. And, yeah. and so she was bemoaning the fact until she realized that God gave her brown eyes for a reason. Yeah. And that, I think that's interesting because she did end up working and ministering to people in an extreme situation where, mm-hmm. where those brown eyes really helped. 
Absolutely. Because, you know, today we talk about things like cultural sensitivity and missions, and we mm-hmm. talk about contextualization today. There's yeah. probably weren't words that Amy were used in Amy Carmichael's day. And yet she was leading in those, con- she would have been a leader in those conversations because she was yeah. really trying to say, okay, I need to be sensitive to the culture around me. Mm-hmm. And I need to figure out how can I, how can I change and adapt in a way that would give me a greater opportunity to share the gospel? Right. And, and I really think that's really for all of us. It's what it's all about is a decision that I'm going to make going to expand my opportunity to share the gospel, or is it going to narrow my opportunity to mm-hmm. share the gospel? It is a decision that I'm going to make expanding my opportunities to encourage others in the faith, or is this decision going to narrow my ability mm-hmm. to encourage others in the faith? Right. And I think that's a little bit of maturity as Christians yeah. to be able to say, you know what, do I have the freedom to do this? Well, sure I do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have the freedom yeah. to do it. However, should yeah. I? Right. And and would it narrow? And there's honestly, there's things right now that would I do I have the freedom in Christ to do those things? Absolutely. Yes. But do I do them? I don't. And why not? Because I know if I did, it would limit mm. my ability to minister to women in a way that I want to. And so I'm like, right. you know what? I want to minister to as many women as I possibly can. I don't want my my influence to be limited because of a decision mm-hmm. that I made because I got freedom in Christ, you know? Right. And, and I think Amy Carmichael got this early on in a, in a way, not just, you know, in an American ideas, but in, in a cultural in idea to missions. Okay. I'm here. How do I, how do I become a part of here so mm-hmm. that I can reach the most people yeah. here? And I think that's because do, do we care more about the people we're serving or about our Christian liberty and our, sure. our rights? And, and even, even throughout COVID, I feel like we, as you know, down here in the Dominican, we were all like, yeah, we, you know, there are things that we need to do just because we don't want to distract from the, the true message. What is the true message in church or what is the true message out on the street? And in this aspect, I think the people and the, the, the women and children that Amy needed to go to care, she cared more about them mm-hmm. than she cared about her personal safety, number one, and her personal and her personal rights and liberties as a Christian woman. And she ministered close to the temple. She mm-hmm. ministered close to, I mean, she was rescuing children. One of the first girls that she was able to help was a girl that was that ran away from being a, a temple prostitute. And so she was ministering to girls that were in forced prostitution and boys that were in forced temple, temple slavery in southern india and and that was a dangerous area for her i that was mm-hmm. a dangerous area for anybody um especially anybody from a western culture but she did it in a way that was just able to rescue just hundreds and hundreds of women and girls and mm-hmm. and and then later boys from that but it it really started with her kind of forgetting herself and yeah. i think sometimes we 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 still want to latch on to our identity and and there's a place for that and mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that later on but yeah. when it comes to ministry, I think there and Christian liberty, I think that you have to look at who you love more. And sometimes yeah. I feel like we just love ourselves more than yeah. than we love others. Yeah, and you know, Jesus said, if you follow me, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna take up your cross. Yeah. And and that cross can be defined in many, many ways as to what that looks like to carry that cross. And that that's a that's sacrificial just in its nature. The cross is a total visual image of a of sacrifice. And what does that look like for us? And we, we understand really fully what it looked like for Amy Carmichael, because honestly, she, as you mentioned, what she is most famously known for is this ministry 
for these women and girls, and as you said, eventually boys that were serving as temple prostitutes. And she was there in that area, and she became she became a rescuer. I mean, long before human trafficking was a term, long yeah. before sexual exploitation was a term, Amy Carmichael was helping these young girls and these women out of temple prostitution, which put her in a dangerous place. Yeah. And she began to fight that fight back then. And it was just incredible to watch her courage and to read about her courage as she speaks against cultural practices. So obviously, in on one hand, she's becoming part of the culture and another and 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 then on the other hand, she's yeah. actually speaking against the yeah. the wrongness of certain mm-hmm. cultural practices. And she's challenging, you know, mm-hmm. she's challenging, I think, not only her time period in her lifetime, but I mean, she's still challenging us today to engage. And to mm-hmm. speak into and to help rescue those who can't find their way out and who need help. And it's it's important. It's super important that we kind of that we kind of realize that there's the world out there that's ugly and dark and messy and dirty. And it needs the light of believers. Right. Exactly. And I don't know if you as a missionary participant on a mission trip with us, I feel like you've gone on our cultural immersion. Half days before, and Diomani's one of the women that that I serve with here. She's Dominican, and she's she always takes a little bit of time to kind of share Dominican culture with you know what how do you how do you greet one another? What our cultures are, and then she also does a little portion of Christ and culture. Certain things that in the Dominican culture we can say, oh, that's cultural. But she's saying, but we have to infuse Christ into our culture and say, but is it right? And mm-hmm. as a Dominican, she has the absolute, absolute right to, to say it and to teach us as Americans, you know, that come in and she likes to take people around the city and she shows them, you know, what everybody has in their, in their kitchen and, and gets them riding the buses and really immerses them into the culture for, for a half day. And I think it's important because she does talk about Christ and the culture. She talks about what our cultures are and then what are the things that we need to change because yep. Christ transcends, transcends culture. Sometimes I feel like in our own lives, we're like, well, that's just the way we are. Well, except for Christ has now transformed you into somebody new. And yes. so what are some things that we need to change? But the whole time Amy Carmichael is serving in India, she's battling a ridiculous health problems. I mean, continual mm. Chronic. She she battled chronic health problems that we would probably call mm-hmm. autoimmune issues. A lot of migraine, just paralyzing migraines that you 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 know. And back then they didn't really know. And and women could just throw themselves on a chaise long and just like you know throw themselves up and then just be like, I'm just I I can't do I can't deal deal with it today. Right. But Amy right. Carmichael was not like that, and so she had these health problems all throughout her fifty some years of faithful service. And I yeah. think so many times, again, we look at it, we're like, oh man, I wish I could, but you know, I, my toe hurts or, you know, yeah, I have it. Right. <laughs> I think right. so many times reading about these women who pushed forward and they, they bounce, they were constantly bouncing against fences of their singleness or fences of their femininity or fences of their health problems or fences of their family or, or finances. They pushed through those boundaries in order to, again, serve, serve people that the Lord had showed them, hey, these are the ones 
that I want you to, that I want you to rescue. And they, and they broke through that. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting here going, cause we, I was talking to yesterday. I was like, man, I wish I could just have a sick day. I'm just, I don't feel good, but it's like, no, there's still stuff to do. And again, we're going to be, Reba and I are going to be talking about that balance of self-care in, yeah. a, you know, in just a few weeks. But at the same time, I feel like, I feel like we love ourselves too much. That's what I've yeah. learned from these, these women that we're talking about. I, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I love mine. I've just been so convicted reading about their stories and what mm-hmm. they had to deal with and push through in order to save the women and children that they saved. Yeah. I, you know, I think sometimes you have to ask yourself, how much does it take to get you to quit? Mm. Or how little does it take yeah, to get you little. to quit? Yeah. You know, because I think in Amy Carmichael's time, most of the the physical difficulties that she went through would have very legitimately been any reason for her to go home yeah and I just can't do this these migraines just won't let me they won't let me function and I've got to get home or whatever and to belittle pain or health problems or anything like that but I think sometimes we understand that there's just times in our life where we have to we have to push through and we have to maybe we have to pause and take care of ourselves and then we've got to get back up and push through again. Yeah. And there's just if we're not careful, there's that there's that, well, I just don't think I can mentality that all of a sudden can just pervade our hearts and minds. And I think sometimes that can be a real temptation because the devil ultimately, if he yeah. can't take your soul to hell, if he can get you to sit down and yeah. do nothing, he right. wins. Yeah. Exactly. And so how does the devil get believers to sit down and do nothing? Well, I think he comes at us from many different angles and what don't know what your weaknesses are, but I'm, I'm sure uh, that those are attacks for us all in temptation. But I think for some of us, it can just be these little things that just keep chipping away at us over and over again until the point mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm just done. Uh, you know, I, yeah. it's too hard. And for any thorn in the slide, it's that thorn in the side that Paul was talking about. Paul talked about that. He said, Lord, please. And he said, no, I'm not going to take it away from (laughs) you. You're stuck with it. And, and we don't know exactly what that was. A lot of people feel like it was a physical, Mm -hmm. you know, a physical ailment, but whatever that might've been, the Lord said, no, no, I'm not going to take it away from you. You hang in there and keep going forward with it. And he did. And so, you know, I think Amy Carmichael is a great illustration of that willingness just to push through. Right, exactly. And what was sufficient for Paul to go through? And it was the grace, God's grace was sufficient. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because I did see, I did see Amy Carmichael's, her statue is at the Church of England. And the bottom of it says a life and legacy of grace. And I think that's really interesting that we're talking about she she battled health problems. Mm -hmm. And, and Paul says, you know, I have a thorn in my side. I'm asking you to take it away. Three times I ask you and God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. And I think that's the same thing that Amy went through as she's battling health problems, but she's continuing to pioneer just the rescue of, of women and children out of, out of slavery. Mm -hmm. And, and her life is just, there are many biographies that will give you all of Mm -hmm. the details of Amy Carmichael's life. You can kind of really dig in there, but I also think it's really cool because you can hear it in her own words. She was, I did not realize this, Allison, until I, we started studying, I started researching for this podcast, but she had a very prolific writing career. And I did mm. not realize that. She had written a lot of books, a lot of poems, a lot of letters that really have had a lasting impact. And her writings continue to kind of inspire us a little bit. So probably one of her most famous books is called Things As They Are. 
And it's an account of her early experiences as a missionary in India and the things that she encountered with the temple prostitution and other harmful customs that were being done in India and how she began to speak into those things, into Mm. those things as they are. Right. And another one that she wrote was called Mimosa. And it's a collection of poems that was written. And it was just her insights into the faith and the love of Christ and what God's doing. And then I think maybe really, there's another really cool one called God's Missionary. And she explores the principles and the practices of Christian missions. So not only is she talking about her own life, but she's also talking about mission work as a whole and what that looks like and the insights that that come from that. She wrote a devotional called Edges of His Ways is one of the last books that she wrote were kind of two of the last books that she wrote were in the 1950s. And they were devotionals and kind of a vignette type books of, of short stories. And one is Edges of His Ways and the other is Rose from Briar. And she just talks about lessons that she's learned through adversity and difficulties and revealing the faithfulness of God in every circumstance. And I think that really is exactly what we just said. You know, she sees that there is good that comes out of hard. She sees that there is, is God does his work, even in the midst of your inabilities and our own struggles. And so maybe you'll have a chance to get one of those books or download one I've of those down books. Some titles, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I didn't go into the depth of checking to see if they're all still in print or you can still get them on a digital downloads or whatnot, but hopefully you can mm-hmm. and you can find some of those because her life is completely fascinating, not only as a missionary, but also as one of the people who really started what we might call the social justice movement today. But really, honestly, it's just that advocating for those in prostitution, those that were enslaved in sexual exploitation and couldn't get out of it and didn't have a choice but be in it. And so you can just see her early on fighting for the the rights of women and the children in a way that really went against the culture in a big way and putting her own life at risk. And she founded, now, Allison, I don't know that I'll say this right because it's a town in India, but she founded, I think it's Donavor. Did I pronounce that right? I don't know if I did or not. It's D-O-H-N-A-V-U-R. And I don't know if I pronounced it right. I tried to look it up, see how it was pronounced, and I, I didn't get anything clear. But it's a fellowship. And she founded this, and it continues still today. It continues today, yeah. Yes. And that's, that's amazing. Again, just her faithfulness in seeing the need she was able to to get that going and they've kept it going and i it's just a testament to faithful in the little things yes. and just serving where serving where the lord has placed you and then serving faithfully and it continues today so we're talking about again we've talked about women who we see their life at the end but when you dig when you dig down there there was there was faithfulness there was next door visitation there was I see somebody down the street that needs my help. I'm so, you know, or the parents of these women who in so many instances, the parents of these women really instilled with them the importance of, of the word of God and, and his truth to others. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? I think as we kind of close this out today, we can think about Amy Carmichael. And I think her life exemplifies the power of one single individual's faith mm-hmm. and her dedication, obviously, to impact the world for the better. 
Yeah. And her legacy lives on because we're sitting here talking about it today. And I think her example serves as a real compelling call to all of us to action. As believers in Christ, we are to be the instruments of God's love, his justice, Mm -hmm. his mercy in the world today. And Amy Carmichael, I think, is an inspiration for that. She reminds us of the the hard work of that. Right. She reminds us to push through even when it's it's not easy. Yeah. And because it's not often easy. And so I don't know where you're at today, but as you think about the life of Amy Carmichael, maybe you've got your own situations. Maybe you've got your own difficulties. Maybe you've got your own things where the devil is really tempting you to quit and call, throw in the towel and just sit down and and not keep going. And and I hope today's podcast encourages you keep pushing on, keep pushing through and to keep doing hard things and watch God continue to use our lives in a way that honestly has eternal implications, just as Amy's life did. Yeah. These women have been so inspiring to me as far as where they got and where they got their strength from. And again, that mm-hmm. just, it's just a reminder for all of us to stay rooted deep. Absolutely. All right. Well, As Allison just said, we hope you will uh, find ways in your life to stay rooted deep this week and continue to join us on the podcast. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.